we have um, started a series um, uh, talking about the call, the call of God upon our life. Um, we know that um, each and every person in the room has a specific destiny, a specific thing that you were created for. There is no one less important than another in the room. Uh, Jesus Christ um, came into the world uh, to set us free from the tyranny of Satan, from the fear of death, and he empowered each and every one of us. And now we literally, um, as Christ uh, was the redemptive work of God to the world, each and every one of us individually are now also uh, Christ's redemptive work to the world. Um, uh, I've mentioned uh, briefly in one of the services last week um, how uh, God went and came through Mary um, in order to bring through uh, Mary the redemptive work of Christ. Isn't that right? And she said, uh, be it unto me even as uh, you have said. Um, but she initially said, how could this be? For I have not been with a man. Isn't that right? And she thought that her um, not being with a man was disqualifying her for what was being said. But literally, that was the qualification. I don't know if you remember me saying that. But uh, so, so then um, the, the angel told her, this is how it will happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And so uh, I can tell you this, you were called from your mother's womb and God's calling upon you may seem impossible, uh, not even probable, but this is how it will happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and he will do the work and God will have his way in and through you and you will have uh, your effect and God will have his effect through you in the earth today. Um, so we're talking about the call of God. Um, last uh, week, we mentioned uh, Philippians 3.14. It says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we know that for the calling of God, there is a pressing. There is a, 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 a looking towards uh, the things that God has created you for. Once you have discovered it and realized it, then you are to pursue it. Isn't that right? And uh, uh, many times, again, the enemy comes and, and he, he throws things at your life. Or maybe uh, you're thinking because you didn't do everything exactly as God would have you to do. Or some of us not even close. Isn't that right? And we're thinking, oh, I'm disqualified because I made these mistakes. Well, uh, we know that that is not the truth, that your mistakes do not keep you uh, from doing the will of God. Only you can keep you from doing the will of God. Only you could decide I'm, I'm unqualified. God has qualified you through Jesus Christ, and he does not change his mind. And we read that in Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, for the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. And the Amplified, it says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given. He does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. So we see that God has chosen you. He has decided. Now listen, how many would agree God don't need you? God don't need you. You know, uh, Mike Roby back there, we work out together sometimes and and uh, we, we spot each other, you know, and he's always over the top of me going, you don't need me, you know, and half the time I'm going, uh, yes, I do, you know, because, uh, you know, it's hard, you know, I'm trying to press, he's like, you don't need me, so now we all do that, you don't need me, but God could say that, right? <laughs> I mean, excuse me, we could say that to God, I'm sorry, we could say that to God, you don't need me, but God in his sovereign 
uh, wisdom decided to need you. That is amazing. He is an all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, omnipresent, always existed God. And he created us and he decided to need us. That is so amazing. And not only does he need us, he just loves us to pieces. He loves us so much. He wants to be with us and hang out with us. But he wants to flow through us in a mighty way. So Jesus went to great lengths, went to, suffered the full penalty of all of your sins, all of your wrong, anything that you have done that you think could disqualify you, he, disqualify you, he has done away with and removed, and now you are qualified. And he never changes his mind. From the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world, he had a plan for you. You were in his mind. He was thinking about you before he said, let there be light. You are not a surprise. God never says, uh-oh. He doesn't make the decision in conception. He's like, oh, wow. What do we do with her? That's not how it works. His perfect plan to use you in a mighty way. You have greatness on the inside of you. You were created to be great. You were created to do something of significance. And so all we have to do is step up into it and realize it. Your area of influence, listen, is God's gift to humanity. You are to influence people for him. You are to use your gifts and talents to affect the earth in a mighty way. Praise God. And it doesn't end. If you're still in a body, you're still breathing, God wants to use you. A lot of times people think, well, I've retired now. I'm going to sit back. There's no sit back in the body of Christ. If you retire, you refire. You have more time to serve the kingdom. But don't wait till you retire. When you're young, you have lots of energy and strength. We should be using that for the kingdom of God. People used to ask me, I got saved at 19. And I was just smitten, I'm going to serve God with all my life. And that there was older people that were just shocked that I was giving myself over to the kingdom of God instead of chasing girls, partying and being crazy. I was like, look, I did that from the time I was 12 till I was 19. I got that checked off the bucket list, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was stuck on stupid that whole time, you know. And when Jesus called me out of that darkness and out of that, listen, that is not fun, by the way. I just have to tell you, that is not fun. Living for yourself, living for a party, living to please me, that is so not fun. And when I got saved, that was like a 100-pound backpack was lifted off of me, and I discovered my purpose is to serve God. There's no greater fulfillment. There's no greater rest. There's no greater peace than to fulfill the plan of God and the purpose of God. I cannot define that for you. But you can define it. You can seek God. And this is uh, the greatest thing that any human being can find is when we discover what we are here for. That's what we want to know. Why am I in a body? Why am I on this planet? And there are people that are deceived with selfish ambitions and think, I'm here to chase girls. I'm here to see how many girls I can get with. 
Well, I tell you what, that is a destructive mindset. Living selfishly is destructive. Living just so you can get more money, more fame, more attention, more hits on your website, whatever the case is, is not fulfilling. Why? Why doesn't it fulfill you? Even when you have a career that everybody would say, ooh, that's impressive. Look at what I've done. I've got a degree. I've got this degree. I've got that. I've got this. If that's great, if that's what God created you for, but if you are not walking in the fullness of what he's called you to do, it is fruitless. Hallelujah. And, and folks, uh, you know, will ask me sometimes, you know, I didn't go to an official college, you know, and, and get a degree for uh, theology, you know. I just have a, you know, a BA. I've been born again. <laughs> you know. And yeah, we had a, a, a college here within our church, and, and uh, I attended and, and received a, a recognition for that and a certificate for that, um, but primarily, I believed that I did what God was calling me to do. And many, many had come out and gone to Rama, came back, you know, that kind of thing, and, and uh, um, I love and just appreciate education and going to college. I believe that, again, whatever God's called you to do, you had better find it out and do that. You know, whether you're going to um, a secular college, a Christian college, whether you're going into the ministry or going into some other field, uh, believe me, they're all equally as amazing, especially when God's called you to do it. And he gives us grace you know, I thank God for brain surgeons. My goodness. You don't want somebody who, you know, got a C in college working on your brain. You hope you got that straight A student. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? Whether it's an A, B, C, or D, they still get the title doctor. So I'm saying that whatever God's called you to do, we want you to do it with excellence and believe God for his grace to be on you, to be excellent and to do your field in the, in the level of which God would have you to do it and to influence everybody around you for the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. Amen. In this room, we have people in the military. We have people um, that are lawyers. We have people that are doctors. We have anesthesiologists. We have beauticians and, and people that massage people and, and thank God for people who are gifted. Amen. If you ever had a good massage, anybody in this room? I mean, I mean that just make you speak in tongues right there. It's like, Hallelujah. So there's people just anointed to do some stuff. Appreciate people that come home and lay hands on your, your uh, dishwashers and, and things, you know, laundry. They, they're broke. They come and they just do stuff and walk away. And you're like, oh, thank you. I can wash my clothes again. Praise God. There's just all kind of folks gifted in many kind of ways. And God knows um, each and every one of you. And he called you from uh, your mother's womb to do those things with excellence. And so discovering that, realizing that, and stepping into that and doing that, that's what I'm talking about today 
is having God's mighty hand upon you. We talk about the fire of God coming upon us. And yes, I tell you, fire of God manifests in church and makes us run, dance, shout, and scream, and roll on the floor, do all kind of crazy stuff. Amen? But I tell you what, the fire of God will come on you and, and help you to be a great auto mechanic. And Holy Spirit will help you to do things. And, and everybody else struggling with how to fix something. And, and the Holy Spirit, you got an upper hand because the Holy Spirit can help you. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I'm a, a makeshift mechanic and, you know, a, a jack of all trades and a master of none, you know. Uh, but I tell you what, Holy Spirit makes me look like a genius. Our microwave, our microwave went out. Most people just get a new one. Not me. I'm like, I could fix it. <laughs> and yeah, I electrocuted myself, but the thing is fixed. <laughs> yeah, I have a scar, but the thing's working now. Praise God. <laughs> some people say, well, why don't you just call someone? I, I don't even know. I love to fix things. It's just kind of my personality. I love to fix things. I love to figure things out. Praise God. I love to do that. And everybody's gifted in different ways, you know? And some of y'all are like, oh, heck no, I'm calling somebody. That is great. You do that. No one person in the room is exactly the same as another person. No one person in the room that your gifts are less than another. I'm just trying to tell you that you have incredible value. You have greatness on the inside of you. And it's only realized completely when you get in God's presence and he comes on you in a mighty way. Amen. Some of the things that some of you are doing right now is not for the rest of your life. It's just a means to get you to the next place. Does that make sense? Yeah. That you don't be so frustrated like I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do I don't think I'm doing the right thing. Sometimes we're in a development stage. Praise God. Sometimes you look at a tree, you know, it, sometimes it takes years for a tree to develop enough to the place where it starts bearing fruit, right? But that doesn't mean it's not going forward. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. And oftentimes those roots are developing down into the earth and drawing up nourishment and preparing itself. And sometimes it can take 7 to 15 years. It's amazing. But once it gets locked in, here comes the fruits. So don't be frustrated. Uh, let God comfort you and strengthen you and give you peace in the season that you're in. And certainly uh, get from this season what you need to and have your influence to the people that are in that season with you and affect them because it's the season you're in is never just for you. And we have to say it again. Everybody say it's not about me. But your current season is helping others in their season to develop as well. But you were put right where you are for a purpose. Now again, discovering what that is and getting peace in that is important. Because if you come to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I present my uh, situation, my circumstances to you right now. I put them before you. Uh, what would you have me to do? And now I've had crickets on that uh, question. 
And what I know from this, and many years of doing this, is you keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't move out of your position because you're frustrated. Too many people make that mistake. I'm frustrated. I must need to go somewhere else. Really? But it's just not the case. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Frustration is not our leader. Well, we're getting into some folks' business today. Glory to God. But people will run around and run around and move from here to there and go from this situation to that situation when God did not give you the go-ahead. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And you'll have people say all kinds of stuff that they say God told them to do. And God is not crazy. God's not double-minded. And they'll say things like, God told me to leave my husband. Really? And vice versa, you know, God told me to leave my wife. You know God didn't tell you that. Frustration. Frustration. And you get so overwhelmed by the circumstances and situations that you feel this has to be the Lord because this is how strong I am feeling about it. No. It's just not the case. I, listen, when I minister in this way, there is no condemnation. There is no judgment. I'm not trying to throw stones at anybody. Listen, if you've been married five times, you're more than a conqueror. Most people, most people would have gave up. I mean, honestly. But I would encourage you Bring your the one you're with now in to see me, and we can maybe talk about some things and help you to develop some habits in your relationship that you need in order to make this one, number five, be the last one. Now, I've gotten off my message, but Jesus told the woman at the well... He said, the one you are with is not your husband, for you have had. So she's with number six. She just quit marrying him. Because there's such a revolving door, I guess. I don't know. But obviously, um, we need to uh, not let frustration cause us to make drastic moves in our life. Uh, we are to be led by the Holy Ghost. You were called by his name and called from your mother's womb in order to do something amazing and great. And yes, God calls people together, okay? And so uh, if we would do um, due diligence in the, in the beforehand and qualify the person we join ourselves to the way the Bible would have us to qualify them, that would be a minimizing of the problem. Isn't that right? And then follow the code in the relationship. Praise the Lord. And if you just, many, if they would just start with, it's not about me, that in itself would save your marriage. We went there anyway. 
and there's so many times, you know, in, in being a part of these processes um, and going into um, counseling, premarital counseling, um, that, you know, the knee jerk for me sometimes is run. I want to tell one of them, run. Because everything that comes out of one of their mouths, it's not a gender thing either, is me, 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 me. And if that's the case, you are starting on horribly shaky ground. And so, to fulfill the call of God, it cannot be about me. And so, many of us are depending on other people oftentimes to bring us happiness. We must move that over to the Lord and find our grace and peace and rest in Him. And I don't have to look to another. I have a call on my life. But when I marry somebody else, they also have a call on their life. And, and somehow God is able to help us to work together even when those calls are not necessarily together calls. So, Pastor Andy, how do you know that? Well, my wife and I, we don't roll in the same calling. But yet, we're still married. Do you understand? Uh, we are not joined at the hip. I love her. She loves me. Um, we enjoy each other's company and each other's presence. I'm so thankful for her being the mother of my children. Uh, but she sings, and music is her life. She sings all the time. Amen? And uh, so that's her bent. That's her call. Art, children. She loves working in the school. She has a whole different ministry. Uh, one time I asked her to help me in youth with music, and she did. Uh, it was just a short time, and then bam, she's out. And so me, I'm uh, ministering the word, and I'm counseling, and I'm, but yet we are still married. And so your calls may be real tight. Pastor Dave and Vicky's are real tight. But see, that doesn't define your marriage. You have to define your marriage. You have to recognize that you are individuals, have individual callings, and respect and honor those callings. Recognize that your wife or your husband is not a stepchild. They are a child of God. And we, we all have direct access to God and have to give an account to God for ourselves. And what he's called us to do. Let me tell you this. Can I help the wives real quick? Help your husbands want to come to church. Help them want to have a relationship with God. Because they don't pray the way you pray. They don't hear God the way you hear. Please don't condemn them. You may be prophetess to the world. But literally, I mean, honestly, I mean, I've dealt with this too because some people, they just hear stuff, you know, and they, you know, for me, it's more of impression. It's more of a leading, more of a, you know, I feel this is what God is saying to me. Do I hear, uh, you know, Andy? No. I didn't hear that. 
but what I sensed in my spirit was. And so we are all developing the ability to follow and yield to the Lord our God. And it's interesting how different that manifests. But yet there are so many people that you are doing what God tells you to do. And you're following his path. And yet the enemy tells you that you're not. It is a lie from the pit of hell. Praise God. And you work by impressions, some of us. Some of us actually literally hear in our ear God talking. And that happens here and there, but mostly I'm led by the Spirit. Brother Hagen, you know, he had eight different visitations by Jesus. But Jesus told him in the last one, I will not speak to you in this way anymore. Because why? Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And that Brother Hagen would flow in that vein just like everyone else. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the call of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God for each and every one of us. And so God will use your personality. He will use your talents. He will use you in a mighty way. If you will seek him, he'll use you. You are not disqualified. That is the voice from hell. Oh, you know what you are. You know how you think. Well, listen, we all got some stinking thinking that we need to work on. All of us. And if you think you're holier than the rest of us, then you have the worst kind. <laughs> Literally, Jesus pointed that out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. For they do what? They tie heavy loads on people that they don't even carry themselves. He said they're like whitewashed sepulchers. All pretty on the outside, but of dead bones. So beware of this mentality that I'm better than these because. And sometimes uh, you, I would be misunderstood when I'm preaching real hard and strong. I'm listening to it myself. I'm not coming from a higher place. I'm coming from the presence of God speaking words out of my mouth that even I must adhere to and apply to my own life. There's times where I speak and I'm like, I need to write that in my notes. Because that's what we are expecting to have happen. When you pray for the men and women of God who speak to you from a pulpit, you're asking for God to talk to you. And God opens up a door of utterance, speaks into each and everybody's lives, and empowers them to do the work you've been called to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Common English Bible of Romans eleven twenty nine says, God's gifts and calling can't be taken back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, Rosie Rose uh, gave me a statement from Reinhardt Bonnke that's really cool. He said, don't fear your days of small beginnings. Fear your days of small expectations. In uh, Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10 in the Amplified Bible, it says, Who with reason despises the day of small things or small beginnings? And of course, King James says, don't despise the days of small beginnings. So wherever you are right now, you know, you may think it's small, but it says, don't despise this, these days, 
because they are preparing you for greater days. Does that make sense? And uh, so um, oftentimes people will come to the gym and they, they start with little plates and I tell them, that's what I started with. They're like, no way. Yeah, I started with just those plates right there. They're like, no way. You don't think, you know, like I was a baby born to do, you know, 300 pounds or something like that, you know? And oftentimes we are comparing ourselves to people that have been at this longer than us, saying, well, I don't see myself ever getting to where they are. Well, you will. You just be patient, enjoy the place you're in, and let God continue his work while you're here. Enjoy the journey. Don't get frustrated. Don't move out of your position. It takes a real strong word from heaven to move you. Let me tell you that. When you just pick up and go, you have to have like, I can't do anything else. This is what I know I'm supposed to do from heaven. Listen, I don't doubt that. That is a great go. But most of the time, people are moved by frustration. And let me just say this, many times by offense. I'm offended. I know it's the Lord for me to go. No, you're offended. You're offended. That doesn't mean it's the Lord for you to go. Hallelujah. Um, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, and uh, this is a real uh, well-known passage for us, uh, those who have been around the word some. Ephesians 2.10 says, uh, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Um, I love this in the Amplified Bible, Amplified Classic. It says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Wow. That means that you are not an accident. You are not just a random happening. That means that God set things in order and set them before you before you were conceived, before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye, before the foundations of the world. And it is, it is, we are tasked with seeking God, pressing towards the mark, towards the call, and hearing his voice, and stepping in and stepping up to do those great works he's called us to do. Hallelujah. There's no normal people in this room. What does that mean? I'm just normal. No, none of us were called to just be normal. We were called, we are called peculiar people. Peculiar. And I know that some of you are thinking right now, you're thinking, eh, there's some peculiar people. <laughs> Straight up, like just weird, you know. You know, and sometimes there are some of us who take that a little too far and think we are supposed to be purposefully act like we're from another planet. That is just not the case. This is not our home. We are a brand new species. Believe it or not, when you got born again, you became a brand new species. In Christ Jesus, you're, a, you're not of this world anymore. 
Scriptures say that this world isn't even worthy of us. Amazing, isn't it? So you have been tasked to do great things. You've been tasked to do something marvelous and wonderful. And God's hand is upon you to do it. If you're being judged, it's not by God. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. You're fantastic. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're amazing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Jeremiah 29.11. In Jeremiah 29.11 in the New Living Translation, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So God's thinking about you. He's thinking good thoughts about you. The enemy is thinking bad thoughts, and he's condemning you, acting like he's the Lord's voice. And if you hear in your ear, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you did do this, you did do that, and it's condemnation. Well, the scriptures say there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that right? And if, if what you hear is true, you did do something that was not necessarily the right thing, you just go right to the word and go into the blood and say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Father God, I thank you for the blood of Christ that washes me and cleanses me. I ask you to forgive me for acting a mess or whatever the case was or doing this. Whatever happened, it don't matter. And you say, forgive me, Lord. And he does. And he washes you. And he throws it into the sea. And we take two scriptures and say, into the sea of forgetfulness. And he remembers it no more. God is not looking at you with condemnation. He's looking at you with purpose. And I made you. Nancy, I made you for something amazing. I made you for something great. And that's what he sees. And that's what he speaks over you. He sings over you. He has a song for you. He sings your song. Woohoo! Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. That'd be interesting to hear God singing over you the song that He has for you. Mm-mm. Yeah, Courtney. Mm-mm. Ah, yeah, that's my girl. Right? Praise God. Be Anthony. That's my boy. Right? God has a song for each one of us. Hallelujah. Don't just assume it's like, you know, oh, you know. <laughs> and I'm sure the choir of angels is amazing in heaven and, and thrilling, but God has a song for you. Hallelujah. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Praise God. So we'll look at Jeremiah chapter 1. And this is the New Living Translation. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse, verses 4. I'm going to try and get through 10. We'll see where we get. And it says, The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And the Lord replied, 
Don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Praise God. It's interesting that God came on his mouth. And so God will come on our mouth so that we can declare the thing that God's called us to do. And we will uproot and we will tear down and we will build up and we will restore. Each and every one of us have an uh, area of influence and a realm that we are to affect for the kingdom of God. And you are empowered, you are gifted, you are anointed, and God will use you in a mighty way if you'll let him. So I encourage you to raise your expectation. As Reinhard Bonnke said, don't be afraid of your days of small beginnings, but be afraid of small expectation. And avoid small expectation. I encourage you to write things down that the Lord tells you. The, the things that you feel and sense Him directing you to do. As I said, some people hear uh, differently. And some people are led differently. But you will know, okay, I'm learning that this is how God leads me. And sometimes people will stumble across things and say, oh wow, that was the Lord. <laughs> and no, oh, remember how that happened. Remember how that played out how you were led into that and that sensitivity you had that led you to do that thing where you recognize, oh, it was the Lord. I, man, I'm so smart. No, you ain't. You're led by the Lord. And sometimes people will stumble across that leading, but if you'll develop it, in which we all need to be doing, are developing our ability to follow the Lord and to do what he says, and you learn to do that quicker and quicker and be more effective, more sensitive to his voice. There are things that try to drown out that voice, I will say to you. Works of the flesh drown out the voice of God. And you spend time um, in prayer and spend time with the Lord, you become more sensitive to him in his word. So God will come on your, your mouth and it will be a major key to following the call of God on your life and fulfilling the plan of God, making the way before you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have a lot of scriptures. We don't have time to get into those. I hope somebody got some help today. There's no small thing for any one of you to do. There's no insignificant thing for you to do. Your purpose is significant. And if you are young, it is significant. If you are alive and old, it is significant. Praise God. Don't underestimate what God will do through you when you're in your 70s, 80s, and yes, even your 90s. And listen, if you made 100, then just show off. <laughs> Praise God. Run across the front of the church and show these young people what it looks like to give glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. But we need you. The young need those who have gone before us. 
to tell us how you did it. You understand? We need your experiences. We need you. The scriptures tell about it, that the older women instruct the younger ones. Amen? The same thing goes for the men. We need you. Let's bow our heads and pray.